the realization happened after I shifted away from the 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 two dimensional or three dimensional into more of a uh, into the woo, and that that took me losing twenty million dollars. It took me losing everything in my life and starting over and saying, okay, asking a different question. And the, the question was, what is true? It was, it was looking at what I'd done for 10 years and saying, okay, that was very hedonistic. That was very just me. And it was about consumption and then losing it all. I think the universe was saying, okay, here's the opportunity. Welcome to Screw It, Just Do It, brought to you by Startup You, inspiring, educating, and connecting the startup community to help you make a full-time living doing what you love. I'm your host, Alex Chisnell, fellow entrepreneur, Virgin mentor, and founder of Startup You, the regional delivery partner for Virgin Startup. Each episode provides the story of an entrepreneur who talks us through their successes and failures. You get to take on board all of their learnings and none of the failure. This podcast is brought to you by Barclays Eagle Labs. National network of Eagle Labs provides entrepreneurs, individuals, and ambitious businesses with the space, tools, and confidence to innovate and scale. Barclays offers co-working and office space, structured mentoring, events designed to help businesses grow, industry and corporate transformation, and access to new and emerging technologies. To date, they have 18 locations, helping 378 businesses with 1,380 co-workers. Go to labs.uk.barclays. Welcome to episode 93 of Screw It, Just Do It. I'm your host, Alex Chisnell, and on today's show, I welcome Damien Lupo. Now, this is a real treat, one of my favorite interviews since I started this podcast, uh, Damien, born in Alaska, based in Texas, has shown time and again that the human spirit is only limited by the scale of one's imagination. Real treat for you. Um, before then, I'd just like to say, by the time you listen to this, we would have just finished our last London live event of 2018. Um, honestly, we could have sold this out twice over. Uh, Nick Coleman from the Snaffling Pig suggested we actually book the the O2 next time in London because it's been unbelievable and a credit to the entrepreneurs who um, would have been there. Nick from the Snaffling Pig, Pippa Murray from Pippa Nuts, Jamie and Ed from Candy Kittens, Susie Walker from the Primal Pantry, Jimmy from uh, Jimmy's Ice Coffee and Theodora Alexander from Young Foodie. So uh, look out for more events in London in 2019. Going to do a big, long uh, event like the summit that we did in Bournemouth recently. Um, I think that's going to be far more valuable to do something like that for you. Um, still got two events this year though. So um, do go over to startupu.co.uk forward slash events. And you can see us in Manchester with Piers Linney hosting a whole bunch of entrepreneurs, including Nick from the Snuffling Pig, Jamie and Ed from Candy Kittens, also Rachel Vosper. Um, who's a candle chandler, um, Jamal Easel from Change Please, um, who won WeWork's Creator Awards for the UK this week, um, and a couple of other entrepreneurs we haven't even announced yet. So, um, And I don't think I've announced it officially, but Ted Baker founder Ray Kelvin 
um, in Bournemouth on the 29th of November, two days after the Piers Linney event in Manchester. So either of those take your fancy. Always love to see you in person and meet you and hear from you and build that physical startup you. Screw it, just do it community. So head on over to startupu.co.uk forward slash events and to get the discount for listeners of the podcast, just enter screw it, just do it into the promo code. So without further ado, so Damien Lupo, I said this is one of my favorite interviews. Um, hell of a story from overcoming bankruptcy and debt to building um, an innovative fintech startup called Total Control Financial. Damien has seen it and done it all. He maintains it without having a strong why. Success in business can be meaningless if it's not channeled towards serving a higher purpose. Damien's entrepreneurial journey started when he was barely 11 years old. This venture proved to be quite successful, and soon he was hooked on entrepreneurship. He moved into other ventures, including um, some university entrepreneurship. Uh, leaving college, he launched a string of businesses and other small enterprises, but his big break didn't come until around the turn of the millennium. He got inspired to go into real estate, and before long, he had a portfolio of over 150 homes and was living the jet-setting millionaire lifestyle. But it didn't last forever. As a result of the financial crisis in 2008, Damien found himself losing close to $20 million in a few months and having to declare bankruptcy. So Damien decided to go on what is he can now look back on as an introspective quest, examining his life, his past decisions. And he came to the realization that despite being successful in material terms, he was unsuccessful regarding his emotional and spiritual well-being. And it was this realization that made him decide to make a lasting change concerning his perspective on life. Today, he has translated this wisdom that he's learned into lessons that can be easily applied in any situation. He's now the author of over five books, including The Reinvented Life, which details his experiences in entrepreneurship. He's also a noted speaker and teacher and the founder of a unique form of martial arts called Yokido. So without further ado, this is one hell of a story, um, one hell of an interview. I know you're going to enjoy it. Let's start up. When I, when I look back, it's, it's very clear. I think in the beginning, you have to just go into the darkness and you have to be willing to go and, and struggle and bleed a little bit. Uh, looking back, it's very clear why things needed to happen the way that they did. And so, yeah, I mean, easier to say looking back, uh, hindsight is, yeah. you know, it is 2020. I mean, that's, that's reality, mm. but it's, but I think we have to be willing to go into the uncertainty and that's, that's the thing that's missing. Uh, so, I mean, we can, we can go, go into that if you want, cause that's, that's an incredibly powerful thing. That's the opposite of what's taught in school. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And when you were in school, can you remember the kind of, uh, career that you thought you might have was it like you know traditional i want to be a fireman i want to be an astronaut or was it i always envisaged working for myself being an entrepreneur helping other people well back in school i remember wanting to be an astronaut and a fighter pilot so they're sort of meshed together and yeah. and it, it but there's also a piece of me that kept going out and doing hustling in the business world i was i was wanting to have money because i i, I felt very very stuck being told we don't have enough, the scarcity mentality. So yeah. I started doing businesses when I was 11 years old and then I got thrown out, thrown out of university 
because I set up a bookstore there. And meanwhile, I'm supposed to be focusing on learning how to fly a jet and, and military thing and, and ultimately becoming an astronaut. And, and the truth was, I was disrupting everything about my life by being who I was, which was an entrepreneur, which was solving problems. And, and so that's, I mean, I, when we honor who we are, it's interesting how the, how the, the, the universe sort of conspires with us. Mm. And if we fight it and we do what mom and dad suggested and we're not honoring the truth, I think that that's incredibly destructive. And do you remember a, a point in your life when you believed in the power of the universe, you know, without getting too woo woo, but, you know, put, you know, thinking at what age did you have any realization about that? Because for me personally, that's only happened in the last couple of years. And if I thought about that a few years ago, I would have probably laughed at believing what I believe now, but the amount of opportunities that have presented themselves to me in the last three years, since I started um, helping people for no money by mentoring um, is phenomenal and my, my wife keeps telling me how dialed in I am to the universe and I wondered given you know what you've achieved in, in in your lifetime was there a moment of realization or has it just been a gradual progression the the, the realization happened after I shifted away from the the, the two-dimensional or three-dimensional into more of a uh, into the woo and that, that took me losing 20 million dollars it took me Wow. losing everything in my life and starting over and saying, okay, asking a different question. And the, the question was, what is true? It was, it was looking at what I'd done for 10 years and saying, okay, that was very hedonistic. That was very just me. And it was about consumption and then losing it all. I think the universe was saying, okay, here's the opportunity. Hmm. Want to learn something beyond self? Do you want to really push into the woo? And the woo is just really a deeper sense of, of the spiritual nature of of what this is. And, and that's where I, I went deep into that space because, and I had to lose everything in order to even open the space for me to start going into it. And I think that for, for most of us, it's, if we have the stuff, we tend to be very protective of the stuff and we don't actually get to see or experience what's beyond that until it's sometimes has to be taken away. And that's, that was my journey. It was taking it all away, blank slating myself and then saying, what's true. There's something deeper that I'm here for and, and I didn't even realize that until I had the, you know, the final conversation with my dad right before he died. That's when I, it really hit me when he said, you know, there were just so many things that I wanted to do. And he only had a few weeks left of his life. When I heard that, I went, whoa, it's not about another Ferrari. It's not about another steak. It's not like mm -hmm. there's something on just the experience here. Why am I here? What is my purpose? And it shifted away from me into the impact I was going to have and really making sure that at the end, I wasn't saying so many things I had to do or wanted to do. It was going to be, I am so grateful. And that was spectacular. And that's how it ends. So there was that shift and it took death. It took loss. It took all those painful experiences in order to really get there. You, I don't think you can get through this thing without stubbing your toe and bleeding a bit. It is muddy. It's bloody. It's painful. And, and that's, that's how you, that's how that process works. I don't think there's any way around that. There's no, I, I love Tim Ferriss, but there's no four hour to your life. Like you've got to go live it. And it's, it's 40 hours, it's 400 hours, it's 4,000 hours. Like it is yeah. a process and it is not easy. And when you look back on, on the, the previous decade to, to losing everything there, which, which I'd read about, um, what was your primary driver before that? What was your why? Was, was it purely monetary? It was more. It was, oh. you know, there, there's a, a, a movie uh, called Wall Street 2 with Josh Brolin. And when Shia LaBeouf asks him, what's your number? Like, when are you mm. done? 
what is enough? And Josh Brolin's character looks at him and he says, more. <laughs> and I go, oh man, that was me. Yeah. That was my thing. My why was more. More is just more. More, more isn't necessarily better. Might be. The question is more of what and why. Yeah. So I, I, that, that was a huge problem. And I went deeper into that space of more because I, my ego took over and I pushed away the people that could give me feedback. I didn't want the truth because I thought I was so smart and I was so, so real. And, and the truth is it was the opposite of that. So having people that can give you feedback that where you respect their opinion and they can tell you when you're being a moron, I, I think that that's useful. And it's, it's hard when we create a lot of wealth because we think that we're, we're brilliant and maybe, maybe, Maybe not. It's just helpful to have feedback from people that actually care about us and are looking out for what we can't see and helping us with the blind spots. And and what kind of feedback did did you have at that time from from your family and closest friends, or had you pushed them away to that part that you you, you weren't hearing that? I definitely pushed away. I mean, I, I kept myself in in a, in a space where I was the smartest guy I knew. I was ten feet tall and bulletproof, <laughs> and I really couldn't be told anything. If, if anything, I had people saying, you're amazing because look at the new Ferrari you have. Look at all the things that you're doing. And it reinforced the ego that was taking over instead of the humility that really needed to happen for me to understand how to impact the world and how to show up as a human being and not just a human doing. So that I, I did lose the connection with, with the people that really cared about me the most because I was looking for people that would cheer me on in a very artificial, superficial, uh, surface-level way. And and what's interesting to know what what sets you off on that journey, which which I believe was um, based in property that led you to to gaining that wealth and that that status, etc. Um, was it a path that you mapped out yourself, or was it circumstances, serendipity that that led you on that path initially? It was sort of an accident in the very beginning. I remember I was reading one of Robert Kiyosaki's books, which I poured out. People have read this. Yeah. And a friend of mine came to me and, and said, Hey, I've got a deal. I've got a property I'm going to, I want to invest in and you can be the money guy. And I said, okay, so I, I chart, I used my visa and I bought this house and then he vaporized. He said, hmm. Oh, it's worth my time to help out. I'll go look for another property. So I just sort of took a step and then ended up with this big pile of a mess called a house that you have to remodel. And it was, I just sticking with something and, and I just kept going. And when I was 20, I think this is like, I was 22 or 23. I, I didn't know anything. So I didn't realize you couldn't build the Great Wall of China in a week. So I was out there doing it. And, and that's one of the great things about youthful naivety. If you've got energy and you're naive, you, do, you don't have the, the brain damage of all the rules and all the things that make you afraid. You, you're in your 40s and 50s and 60s. Yeah. So that was just a process. People said, oh, yeah, you can go, if you want to go buy 10 houses a month, you can do that. I was like, cool. How do you do that? They'd tell me and I go do it. <laughs> Meanwhile, everybody's saying it's so hard to do this. And I was like, I don't understand why it's so hard. I just did it last month. It's because I had, so I think the, the lesson here is go into something with a little bit more naivety. It'll allow you to go through the, the, the belief systems that are, that are holding you back faster than if you hold on to those things and, and those are being used to protect you. That's what really stops people in general is the, mm. the protection systems that are in place. And is that part of the reason or it might be completely way, way off point that you, you didn't go back into that industry afterwards, after, after the crash, you kind of didn't think these are the lessons I've learned and I'm now going to go and do it bigger, better, or you just, in that time, did you have that big reset in your, in your entire life? Well, the problem with, with a big blow up is that, that you realize that the stove is really hot 
and you, there's something about that experience of being burned mm. where you just back. And so I was, I was really, really leery for many years. And so I had to find something else to do because the idea of property, when it hurt so much, when I had people that I'd known for decades that told me, I, I think you're the devil. And I think, you know, I hope you rot in hell. When I have that experience, I don't want to go near it again because it hurts wow. so bad. So yeah. I shifted into a, into a different space only now, like 10 years later, am I really seriously looking at, at the property and stuff? So the problem with the big, the big meltdowns is it tends to make you very gun shy. You really hesitate about looking at things. And I think property is amazing. I also understand that is it's a double-edged sword where you can do great with it or you can, it can crush you. So I, that I am back in that space and I'm a lot more, uh, I would say cautious and I'm more thoughtful about what it is. I don't just see blue skies. I understand that there is both ups and downs and you can be very stupid. I see a lot of people doing a lot of stupid things now because they haven't gone through a cycle. It's, it's one of the things I suggest when people are, are getting coaching or mentoring that they have people that are bald or gray people that have been through cycles in hmm. business, real estate, investing, yeah. because you need people that can sense stuff, not somebody that's read a book and, and is telling you what they read. And, and that's, I didn't have that. And so I had to go through this process where now I have that wisdom and, and it's from a lot of scar tissue. So I'm, I'm good. The scar tissue has sort of subsided a bit and I can be back in the game, but that, hmm. that is process. It's being willing to go through the, you look around now, most of the people that are teaching or coaching most of the people that are out there have not gone through a cycle. Like I want people that have blown their lives apart. When I look for people to mentor me, mm. I want people to been through it. Like, have you been through hell yeah. and you're back? I don't want somebody that just went through a course and has said, I'm certified. Yeah, like, yeah. It's about somebody being certified. Have you lived it? That's, that's what matters. Yeah, we were just having that same conversation today. Um, a, a bunch of people that I that I met up with and talking about mentoring, which is part of what uh, Virgin Startup offer uh, and a new program we're working on. And we're just saying so many times when um, you're meeting these people who want to become mentors, and all they've done is is a certification. They've, there's so many people in that room who haven't even started a business, and you're like, what position are you able to advise on running a business? Seems crazy. <laughs> it, it, it is crazy. It's, you know, the, well, one of the things about naivety is that you think you can do so much so quickly. And, and so you mentor people, the people that haven't really gone through it, just say, oh yeah, it's these three steps. What they're missing is things like lag. And when you've gone through real world experiences in business, you understand lag. you understand that you have to be a farmer in business, that if you're like, I love Grant Cardone's work. I also think that he's more of a hunter where he goes, just close people, just sell them, just jam them, just like spam them and, and hit them hard until they basically either buy or they tell you to. <laughs> and what approach. But it's, it's, I don't think that that is a healthy relationship based approach. Alternatively, when you think about being a farmer, you plant seeds and you nurture your crops. And these are relationships with people and you provide value and it can take years. People are so impatient because they're used to a Facebook feed that is all about instant gratification and you, it's just always new and fresh and fun. Well, being a farmer can be really like exhausting and you're like, you don't see anything for months and years. And then mm -hmm. all of a sudden there's this wave of, of prosperity. It's called the harvest. And mm -hmm. that happens if you, we just tend to overestimate short-term stuff and we way underestimate long-term. So I think when we think about our goals and, and in business, it's really being honest. And this takes somebody that's been through it saying, how long is this going to take? doesn't mean you're, you're lazy. It just means being 
realistic. There's a great book called Thinking for a Change, and it was about the different types of thinking. I used to be blue sky, everything is good. And mm. then I realized oh, I'm missing the pragmatic approach. I'm real. I'm missing the realistic. And you can change reality, you can change realism in terms of thinking. It's got to be. You've, you've got to be conscious to where your brain is going. If you say I'm going to make, eight, I have a friend that has thirty thousand dollars six months ago, and she said my goal is to turn thousand into thirty million in ninety days. And I said, good luck. Wow. I said it's never happened in the history of humanity, and you're going to be the one that, that does it. Hmm. She was. She had no realistic thinking around that. And I said I can't support you and help you. What I can tell you is that this doesn't make any sense, and I wish you well. But this is your process. I can't be with you on that because it makes me crazy. Mm. Um, it, touching on that, it's funny that we have a couple of definite client avatars, type of people that are attracted to the Virgin brand when choosing like funding and mentoring options, and and, and one of them is is literally like archetypal twenty one to twenty six year old male who's driving a car with a personalized number plate that they'll park on the the yellow lines outside of the the. The co-working space where we are comes in, won't take any advice, will tick the box on the CRM system, mentoring not required, um, and, and expects to see, you know, exactly what you said, 30,000 turn into 30 million in 90 days, and then all comes crashing down around their ears. And, and, what, and what do you say to somebody like that? Good luck. After you've gone through this process, let's have a cup of coffee, and we'll talk about what you learned because you mm. are impossible to teach right now. You are impossible to coach yeah. because ego has taken over. Mm. I know what that's like. I've been the, the egotistical nut job that wouldn't <laughs> listen to anybody and pushed everybody, everybody away. So when I see that, I just say, good luck. And you know, maybe you'll come back around. I don't know, but this is your process. Yeah, and so if, yeah. But you know, we're all in a different part of our journey. And so I, I have a healthy respect for people that are maybe 21 or 22 and, and they're doing what you're describing, that's part of their process. I know yeah, it is. They're trying, aren't they? They're, they're, they're yeah. putting it out there, they're having to go. Yeah, yeah. And that's great. We need more people that are willing to do that. It doesn't mean it's perfect. There's no perfect formula. The point is that they're doing something mm. and hopefully they don't take people down in the process. I mean, that's, that's yeah, the, yeah. the downside of this. It's not so much that you learn and you bleed. It's that other people bleed because you've basically run over them. Mm. And that's, that's the thing I think that we need to be a little bit more careful about you don't try not to take people out in the process of you learning. Absolutely. And, and kind of relaying back to that is, do you think a large part of that is people haven't had any financial education? I don't know what that was like for you in school. We were talking about it recently um, here with a friend who sold their business and they're making their mission to, again, referencing that, that book, Rich Dad, Poor Dad, um, Robert Kiyosaki, and thinking, if children, and I've got two girls, nine and 11 now, I'm thinking if, if, if that was in place in school, how much different things could be? And I'm sure it would never be perfect, but what, what's it like in the, the education system that you were brought up in and, and has that changed today? Do you know? I, I think the educational system has become more and more slanted. It's one of the slowest industries in the world. Education and construction take about 50 years for major changes to happen. It's, it's wow. very, very slow. And it's, if anything, it's getting more more disconnected from money, and it's more about becoming a victim and blaming, and, and this is why you have more people becoming attorneys, so they can go steal from other people, and hmm. instead of focusing on self-responsibility. The, the problem in our, edu in our educational system with finance is that people that are teaching don't have any financial intelligence, so what in the heck are they yeah. going to teach? 
They don't know anything. They're not rich. They don't understand money because all they were taught was, hey, take some money, invest in some stocks, and in 30 days, we'll figure out who has the most money based on this surge because we're going to teach you basically how to be a speculator. Mm. Well, that doesn't anything about financial literacy. You can balance a checkbook and you can invest in whatever stock is very exciting. That is not financial intelligence. So where are you going to learn it? It's not going to be. It's generally not going to be from parents, unfortunately. And if if you if you are a parent, then don't expect the educational system to teach your kids anything about financial literacy. I don't even care if it's an MBA program and you're talking about uni. Mm. It doesn't matter because it's not real. It's people are teaching based on what they know and they don't know. It's it's very rare that you have somebody that's a multimillionaire or a billionaire that's teaching. It's like it's yeah. one of the reasons I Shark Tank so much hmm. because you have that have really made money and you're it's a great family thing you want to learn about money watch shark tank for a year i mean seriously you mm. learn more than you would in probably all the schooling that you'll ever do yeah 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 we have the, the version in the uk is called um dragon's den and f- funny enough i was flicking through a couple of channels with my kids uh on a, on a sunday night maybe, as i maybe only two three weeks ago and, and it came up i said oh it's dragon's den you're probably not interested in watching it and they both are like no no let's watch it because you know they know what i do and they come and help at my events which which i like to encourage them and then off the back of that i've now got one of the dragons speaking at my next event in two weeks and three people who are on the episode are all on podcast interviews so it kind of makes it really real to them um, but they found it really, really interesting. And, and you know, businesses you can relate to, be that clothing, be that food, kind of tangible stuff probably makes it quite real to them. Yeah, that, that, I mean, that's, that's incredible. It's, it's one of the things that you see in, in those, those programs and what it's maybe not talked about a lot, but the people that are, that are screening the, the applicants, so to speak, they, they've been through a lot where they've failed a lot. And if, if there's advice that I would, I would give to everybody listening, especially the young people, is if you want to have freedom, if you want to have financial freedom, you have to fail faster. And, and people, we're, we're taught in our educational system, it's, it's funny, if you get 50% right in, in school, you're a failure, you're, you're ostracized, you're like, you're literally an idiot, you're a loser. <laughs> and, I, and I always say this when I, when I teach and I speak and I say, in the real world, if you get 50% right, you're a billionaire. And so we're being taught the exact opposite of reality in our school system. Mm. So what do you need to do? You need to go find ways to mess things up and learn from them as fast as possible. Because the truth is no, nothing is going to eat you if you make a mistake. I mean, I grew up in Alaska and I've been in Africa a bunch and there are things that can eat you. They literally will eat you. Yeah. But unless you're in, on the plains of, of the savannah or you're in Alaska and there's polar bears, it's unlikely that your mistakes are going to eat you. So mm. go make them faster. I mean, that's yeah. really the hack if you want to go into the space of growth and wealth and, and freedom. Uh, yeah, and uh, that's something I, I definitely didn't get up until recently was, again, was, you know, having started my first businesses and then being really successful and then deciding to grow to multiple locations and then that bringing everything crashing down around my ears and being, you know, too embarrassed to admit that that was actually happening. So, you know, taking money from robbing money from Peter to, to pay to Paul or whatever the, the, the phrase is. Um, and it's only when I look back again now, joining the dots that you actually see, well, that's actually led to all the opportunities that have now presented themselves and the success that I definitely feel is is here. But at the time, you just look at his failure and maybe like you're saying, that's that's just come from how we're taught and what we're led to believe. And it's probably reinforced by parents um, not realizing that they're doing that necessarily. It's a, it's a, it's a, it's a protective measure that people have in place to keep people safe. A lot of times 
entrepreneurs end up having kids and they don't want their kids to have to go through the struggle. And the problem is mm-hmm. people that do that are robbing the kids of the experience of growth and becoming their own person. They, they keep people, their kids in these bubbles of safety and the kids are weak blobs of goo. They literally are terrible in the real world because the real world is not a protective layer of, of, of happiness and bliss. It's hard. Mm-hmm. And you, you almost have to say, okay, this, my job is to get you ready to be on your own and to be powerful in your own belief that you can go through anything instead of let's just avoid all of the pain because then I'm a good parent. You're a terrible parent. If you avoid all the pain for your kids, that's a that's bad parenting. Absolutely. It's the worst thing you can do with your kids. And I see this all mm. the time, especially with really wealthy, successful parents. They're, they're like, oh, I can't, can't stand to see my kid hurting. Hmm. Guess what's going to happen? Mm. They're going to be really bad down the road and they're really never going to get anywhere because they're going to be afraid. They're going to be afraid to take action. Yeah, that, that's absolutely fantastic advice. Um, and what's point and you know, how long did it take you to, to have that reset and have a different view of life and a different purpose and actually discovering what your why is and what you're now trying to, to help people and educate people about? It took about two years of working with, with a guy in Texas. It took two years of asking one question. That question was, what is true? And I went deeper and deeper into that. And then it took another two years until I had that event with my father. Mm. And that was the trigger event. So it was, it was really a four-year process to shift wow. from go, the meltdown into a place of, okay, I got it. I, I'm, I'm clear on who I am. Because it's not just a, a good question that you answer and you're done. Like it's, it's a hard wiring. I mean, you're really changing the hardware. It's easy to update software. It's a lot harder to update hardware. Yeah. I mean, it's a complete rewiring and it's, and that's what had to happen. It was like neuroplasticity, which is the rewiring of the brain. It's possible. You can literally do this. It's not something you do in a moment. It takes time. And, and for most people, they're just not willing, but I can tell you from firsthand experience that if you are willing and you're, and you commit, Commitment is where providence happens, and that's where the change can can take place. And at this moment in time, what would you say your your biggest challenge is in trying to um, get your message across and trying to help people? What kind of barriers have you you, you come across in doing that? Is it more mental well, than physical? Uh, yeah. Well, I mean, so there's there's a, there's a combination. Physically, I'm so focused that I can burn myself out. I'm, I'm running really, really hot, really hard, and mm. and this is this is awesome. Except it's not sustainable. There has to be the rejuvenation period, and and consciously planning that in on a daily and weekly and monthly and quarterly basis. The the challenge is that we in uh, the world we live in, it's like we're a bunch of drunk squirrels chasing these shiny acorns everywhere. <laughs> so many things to to capture our attention. Facebook is the worst because it is unlimited, yeah. never ending, mind numbing experience of chasing a new lead and that flow never stops. You just keep scrolling. Mm. So they so like I don't I've been to Facebook twice in the last five months on purpose. Nice. And it's <laughs> not just you know, on Facebook, but our entire society is about the shiny objects. Mm. So the, the 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 downside of of our world today is that there are a million options. And that means that it's very easy to get distracted. So my entire focus is on one thing. And the, the interesting part is as I cut other things out and said, no, maybe later, I just parking lotted. So if you want to take away something from this little piece, mm. all those things that are exciting you, great. Don't kill them. Just put them in a parking lot and yeah. revisit 2019 or 2020. Give them a home so you're not nervous that you're going to lose something. And then focus on one thing yeah. and be, be almost obsessed, crazy, psycho about that one thing. And it's amazing what will happen mm. because you'll 
become the go-to person. You, your business will bloom because all the energy and focus is in that one thing. And that's, I, it's it's easier to see once you do it for a while, but it's hard to sometimes let go of all the other stuff because you go, oh, I don't want to let go because maybe I can do something with that thing or this thing or shiny object. So true. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And, and it's so funny because so many of the things I've ended up talking to you about in this short 25 minutes, the things that I literally talked about today or, or yesterday, and that was exactly it. You know, when you're starting a business or starting something new in life, you want to say yes to everything. And that's not necessarily a bad thing, but maybe it's it's yes, but not right now. Yeah. And, and I, I love the advice that Warren Buffett has said it. Many people say it. He, he said the difference between the successful and the most successful people is the most successful people say no to almost everything. And it's, it's that it's not saying yes to things like the, the Jim Carrey movie. Yes, men is a funny movie, but it's a terrible way to live where you <laughs> say yes to everything and you're all over the place. And yeah. it's, it literally provides no way to have structure around focus. And if you want to go into something, it, it, it's the focused light thing. You can burn through almost anything if you have a hot enough laser, but if you have scattered light, it doesn't even make anything warm and there's, there's no impact. So if you want to have impact, you want to go deep, you've got to focus all of your resources on something and say no to all these things that come up. And, and there's, a, there's a healthy way to say no. It's called no thank you. It's easy when you practice it. It's awkward as crap when you first start because you yeah. feel like everyone's going to judge you. Mm. And then you have to start asking, what am I doing this for? Am I just satisfying other people's stuff? Is it everybody else's agenda? What's my agenda? What's my vision? Mm. It, and once you decide that – you can start using that as a filter and it starts with figuring out what you value. What are your values and making sure that when you say yes to something, there's no violation. It's easy to say no when you understand your values and things that come to you. You go, nope, that violates my value. No, thank you. Super easy. There's very little energy around it because there's a clear rule set and you've got to have rules for business, for investing, for relationships and think about those in advance. Otherwise, you'll get thrown all over the place. Yeah, I think it only became clear to me um, either earlier this year or last year uh, when my, my best friend to me, best friend said to me, literally, just be careful whose dream you're living. Are you living somebody else's dream or are you living your own dream? And when you kind of think about that and, and put that as a template for every decision that comes across, it made it a lot simpler for me. I think it's brilliant. And it's the truth is your the your day to day is a process of of living out an agenda the question is whose is it is it yours or somebody else if it's not if you're not focusing on your goals if you're not living if you don't know why you're doing what you're doing you're you're guaranteed you're part of somebody else's goal set and you're just basically a tool for them and and that can change in in a moment when you decide and then you take action around getting clear and mm -hmm. that's that's this clarity is where the power is if you're not clear on where your life is going you're going to end up somewhere and it's going to be a part of somebody else's thing. That's brilliant. And and what kind of actionable steps would you say based on your experience that, that somebody who's struggling, be that financially, be that with, with their purpose, with their why they don't know what they're here for. And you, you mentioned a few things earlier with the, the kind of questions you were asking, what kind of actionable steps would you say to someone that they could literally take to, to, to try and start turning things around for them? Something I call the blank slate principle. It's something that happened when I moved a lot and I was in one of my houses. I move in and my stuff wasn't there yet. So I had this giant open space, like a blank slate. And I looked around and I thought, okay, you know, instead of just moving all my crap that I've had for years in this house, what do I really want? If I had nothing, what would I actually put in here? And I went out into the moving truck and I, I went, I want that and that and that. And I put it in the rest of the stuff I put in storage. And ultimately I ended up giving almost all of it away. 
because I was thoughtful about starting from scratch. And then I started asking a question around this idea in terms of relationships. I said, if I had no friends, nobody knew me, I didn't know anybody, and I was looking out into the world and had my vision for my life, so the actionable steps, you gotta get clear about where you're going, and then you've got this blank slate. The people that are in my life, if I met them now, would I go up and say, hey, you know what, you're you're cool, and and I Hmm. want... Love it. Or would, you know, would I say, oh no, this is not somebody that I want to know. And the truth is there are people in almost all of our lives where we would not go up to them and say, hey, let's be friends. It's just because we've been friends and that momentum, it's a legacy problem with relationships. We're not willing to be honest about who's serving us and who can, we can serve. We've, we've literally gone in different directions mm. and we're, we're just, we're, we're not strong enough to say, hey, this is not the right fit. And we have to, that's the blank slate will change your life if you're willing to be honest. The problem is a lot of us like to lie to ourselves and you can't change a lie. That's the big problem. Yeah, that's that's really powerful. Yeah, I, I love that. That's a brilliant way to look at it. Really, really enjoy that. Um, and just to finish off, I could I could literally talk to you for hours, but um, I'm mindful of the time. Um, could you tell us what you, you, you like people to take from, from your personal story? I really want people to get that that failing in general is is a verb. It is not a noun. That uh, society in general has labeled people as failures, and and that's what we believe. And yet, when we look at somebody, whether we look at Richard Branson or we look at uh, we look at Elon Musk or we look at you know Oprah, whoever these people are, they have all fallen down so many times and been beat up. And just understanding that that is part of the process, and and when you practice it, you start realizing this isn't going to kill me. And it's making me stronger, and I'm growing, because we remember what we what we screwed up. We were, we remember the pain, and that is that's the hack. If you want the hack for success and freedom and wealth and prosperity, it's stepping into the unknown, getting knocked around, and continuing to move forward. That is the hack. So find ways to do that. And if you're not feeling enough, go ask somebody. How do I feel more? Like what do I go do? Let me do something that's different that I don't understand. It's, it's how you grow yourself. It's how you become who you're supposed to be. Mm. And really thank you for, for coming on the show. Really appreciate that massively. Um, what would be the easiest way? I know you've got, I think, five books out there for, for people to learn more about you and, and indeed about themselves in the same process, clearly. Um, what would you recommend the easiest way for them to find out about that? Is that through one of your books, through websites? Yeah, the the book that I wrote in 2012 with my best friend Chris, it's called Reinvented Life. Yeah, and that was that journey, that 10 year journey. So if you want to take a 10 year journey and understand what it's like behind the scenes, it is rough, it's raw, it's visceral, it's real, and you'll learn things. And it, I think it'll it, one of the things that about the book, it's not just a story; it's actually the action steps on the, and the questions. Because I don't know anything about somebody that comes to me and says, I need help. Mm. I think they know how to help themselves if the right questions are thrown at them. And so this book was really meant to be the questions that will open you up to the truth that's sitting inside you. You just don't know how to tap into it. So diving into reinvented uh, life. And if you go to if you, if you go to uh, reinvention.net, you can actually download the workbook that has all the questions. And that's free. Just you can go there awesome. and download it. Feel free to grab that. That's brilliant. Um, and if people want to connect with you personally, given that you're on or off social media, what's the easiest way, uh, Damien? Well, so I, I mentioned that I don't go to Facebook ever. So if you want to, if you want to connect with me, LinkedIn is the, is the yeah. place to go. And here, here's a little hack, by the way. About 90% of the people that reach out on LinkedIn don't actually send a message. They just say connect. Yeah. Well, that is 
dumbest thing ever because why? Why are you connecting? You just want to sell me something? You want to connect. I'm all mm-hmm. about relationship. So yeah. if, if you heard us today mention that and say, hey, here's what I learned. Thanks for, you know, thanks for going on the, on the show and, and I'd like to connect with you. Hey, I'm going to connect with you and I'm going to see how I can help you. So think about the relationship. Nobody wants to just be one of your Rolodex. They want to know you care about them. I want to know you care about this thing. And, and if, if you do, then I'm in. Perfect. Uh, Damien, thank you very much indeed. So I hope you weren't disappointed and that literally was as good as I built it up to be because it still remains one of my favorite interviews that I've I've ever done. Could have spoken to Damien for hours and hours and hours and I do hope that um, we can get him as a speaker at one of our events on one side of the pond, be that the UK or the US um, as I'd love to do some overseas, screw it, just do it events um, in the near future. So a couple of things to touch on there. Um, as I mentioned, um, live events just finished London. We've got Manchester, November the 27th. We've then got Bournemouth, November the 29th. Um, would love to see you at one of those. Just go to startupu.co.uk forward slash events to grab yourself a ticket and use screw it just do it promo code to get yourself a a discounted ticket there so a couple of things that many many things i could have spoken about but what i really liked was damien's question um after he had that blow up um losing 20 million pounds and then looking in himself and and asking what's true what was he here for that conversation with his father, all the things that he'd wanted to do, um, then retired, got cancer. It's the oldest cliche in the book. Life's too short. Um, but the older you get, the more you realize that it's true and all of the things that you wanted to do and you still haven't done the clock's ticking and you don't need to wait till you've retired to do that. You know, see the day, do what you want to do, but work out why you are, what you are here for. What is your purpose? What's your mission? What are you looking to achieve? What kind of impact would you like to live, to leave on this planet? Those are all really relevant questions as we kind of coming into the tail end of the year and already looking into 2019. Also, Damien's point, you know, Tim Ferriss is a great author, really enjoyed his books, but this entrepreneurship game, it really is not a four-hour working week. Um, it's not a 40-hour week either. Um, it's not a week, clearly. Um, and yes, I, I know what he was, you know, alluding to in that book, and I've, I've read it number many, many times. But Damien's right, you know, it's a hard slog. It's bloody hard work. Um if it was easy, of course, everybody would be doing it. But it's putting that work in. You don't get lucky. Your hard work creates luck. You know, I have no doubt about that whatsoever. Um, so put the, put the work in. You know, don't be afraid of the hard work. You've got to do it. Don't give up. Mentoring. So something that I'm involved in myself. And again, I 100% agree with. With Damien's point that I wouldn't go to a mentor who's just got a certification in coaching and mentoring, and that's not me poo-pooing that. That's me saying, yes, you, you can have that, but you've got to have the experience to be able to 
help people. Have you been through hell? Uh, yep, personally, uh, business-wise, definitely, um, 100%. You know, have you lived that life to be able to then offer those lessons to somebody else who you're taking under your wing um, and you're there as a sounding board for them to bounce ideas off, to give your advice, to connect them to people who can help them if you can't? So if you are looking for a mentor, that's definitely the kind of things that you want to be looking out for. Certification's great if they're being through a coaching pro program. Of course it is. I'm, I'm not going to knock that at all. But have you failed? What lessons have you learned? And what can you tell me? What were those lessons? How can I use those to improve what I'm doing? So a slightly longer episode this week, but I literally couldn't get off the phone with Damien. I had so many questions to ask him. I really enjoyed that. As I said, we'd love to get him to one of our live events. Um, we'd love to see you at a live event. So um, without further ado, have an awesome week. Um, if you're at our London event on um, the 30th, I hope you had a, a great evening. And if you're coming to the 27th or the 29th of November in Manchester, Bournemouth, um, I look forward to meeting you there. Have an awesome time. Until next week. If you like this podcast and you'd like the opportunity to attend one of our live events with some of the world's leading entrepreneurs, just go to startupu.co.uk and click on the events calendar. You'll be able to see our upcoming events calendar for the UK. Pick up a ticket from as little as £10, which includes complimentary drinks and the opportunity to meet and connect with like-minded entrepreneurs, find a mentor or an investor. You'll also have the opportunity to meet our speakers and ask them your burning questions in person. Hope to see you there. If you're an entrepreneur looking to start or scale their business, then I'd love to help you. Being part of the Startup U community means we can help you in a number of ways. Simply go to Facebook and find Startup U Club through the different groups on there and join. We can help you in a number of different ways through daily inspiration and education, through to accessing funding, investment and mentoring. In fact, pretty much anything that you'll need on your startup journey. And if you've got a great story that you'd like to share, then I'd also love to hear from you. Just go to startupu.co.uk, click on the contact page and drop me a message. I'd also love to connect with you personally. It's at Alex Chisnell on LinkedIn and Twitter and at Alexander Chisnell on Instagram. And if you enjoyed listening to this particular episode, then please subscribe and I'd massively appreciate a review. All you need to do is click on the ratings and review tab on iTunes and leave us your thoughts on there. Until the next show, remember, don't wait. The time will never be right. Action always beats intention. So just screw it. Just do it. This show is brought to you by RocketSpark, who make it easy for anyone to build a great looking website. Each month, RocketSpark offer one lucky listener the opportunity to get a website absolutely free for the next six months to do some in-market testing of a new idea. Just go to rocketspark.com slash screw it, just do it to enter.